Welcome to the VO School podcast, dedicated to the art, craft, and business of voiceover. Each week builds upon the last to give you a comprehensive understanding of a career in VO. My name's Jamie Moffat. I'm a full-time voice talent and audio engineer, and I'll be joined by some of the industry's top professionals on both sides of the microphone to drill down and dig up the truth. All right. Hello, hello. This is episode eight of the VO School podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about getting your first job in voiceover. And we're talking to two exceptional people. I'm excited to bring that interview to you. Thank you to all the new people joining our Facebook group, which can be found at facebook.com slash groups slash VO School podcast. We're starting to get some really good uh, conversations happening there and a uh, good community is slowly starting to build which is excellent so please join and be part of the conversation there i'm also on twitter that is at vo school pro so uh, feel free to follow that too so we're going quite european on this episode and i'm representing the u.s market because i live here um but we're all europeans in this episode we have armin who's german rachel who's english and i'm english too um so uh don't let that put you off if you're american <laughs> uh everything still applies uh we get some interesting insights into the german voiceover industry which uh i honestly didn't know a lot about so uh that's very interesting um hearing that from armin and how that relates to the uk australian us canadian um english-speaking markets quite interesting that comparison there Anyway, I probably should not keep you waiting any longer, so let's go ahead, have a little break, and get on with the bios. Style. Power. You're watching the home of the NFL. The all-new iPhone. Reserve your Disney World season pass now. Through all the runny noses, three-in-the-morning coughs, an all-new American crime story, tonight on FX. Hi, it's J. Michael Collins, and these are just a few examples of the first-class demos my team and I are producing. If you'd like to have something similar, visit jmcvoiceover.com and click on the Demo Production tab to find out more. Armin Hirschstetter is the CEO of Badalgo.com, a Europe-based online casting platform he launched back in 2008. Before getting into the voiceover business, he worked in publishing for close to two decades. Armin lives with his wife Michaela and his two daughters in Munich, Bavaria. Rachel Naylor is a British voice actor, award-winning entrepreneur, editor of The Buzz magazine, host of The VoiceOver Hour, and founder of The VoiceOver Network. She is a trained actor and started her voice acting journey over 15 years ago. She has voiced thousands of commercials as well as video games, promos, documentaries, narrations, imaging, radio dramas, and more. Here's our interview with Rachel Naylor and Armin Hirschstetter.
All right, so this week I am joined by Rachel Naylor and Armin Hirschstetter from Badalgo, and Rachel is from the VoiceOver Network, and both of these two guests are also voice talents, so perfect people to have on this week. And our subject is finding your first job. Welcome, both of you. Hello. Thank you. Hi, Jamie, and thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to be with you today. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Um, so before we get started, Rachel, I want to ask you about your uh, voiceover network partnership with Spotlight. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yes. Yeah, really exciting. So um, the VoiceOver Network is a membership organisation for voiceover artists around the world. And it's about bringing everybody together to help and support each other. Uh, The industry is changing so much at the moment. Mm. And and I've been in the industry for a long time that I I really saw that there was a real need for, for somewhere for everybody to go and get help and support and training and events and um, and we've recently, as you've mentioned, just partnered with a company called Spotlight, which is um, a casting platform here in the UK. And it's the number one casting platform in the UK. Mm. It's all they're very much about professionalism. That's it's been for actors. Um, for years and they started in 1927 wow and it used to be they used to be books and I remember the days where they were these big thick books (laughs) and every actor in the UK is in it so it's it's something that you have to be in when you're an actor in the UK and um, they you to be on spotlight you have always had to have on-screen and theatre credits and this has been a real issue within the industry here for a long time because voiceovers is acting yeah and they've they've been saying oh no 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 it's you know you have to have the on-screen in the theatre but of course with video games and animation and audiobooks not all voiceover artists are actors are on-screen and theatre actors yeah so with this partnership which is so exciting uh, we've now changed it so Spotlight will now be accept- accepting voiceover artists onto their books. That's great. And you've been working at this for a while now, haven't you? I have. Yes. Yeah. So the VoiceOver Network um, launched in January 2015. That's great. Well, congratulations. I'm sure the, Thank the you. Brit voiceover people are thrilled. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's just, it's a big statement for the industry to say look we are not the little brothers to the acting industry anymore this is a respected industry this is a respected profession and so you know it's brought us on a par with acting Mm. before we get started uh with the subject today i want to ask you both how you first started as voice talent so do you remember your first gigs and how did you get them (laughs) ladies first um i got into the industry about it was 16 years ago yeah um and i went to drama school i'm an actor so i come from an acting background right and at drama school we had a a voice teacher who was fantastic she was really hard on us all um (laughs) i i always felt like she was particularly hard on me but it turned out was because she was she was at the end of the course she said you know you should go into voiceovers yeah she saw something and um And at the time, I remember being like, oh, no, I'm going to go and work at the RSC in the National. (laughs) Um, And came out of drama school, like most drama school students, and was like, oh, where'd everybody go? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I started booking bits and bobs. And then I saw an advert for a a free two-hour workshop 
on voiceovers, which I went along to, and I thought it was fascinating. And as soon as I got in front of the microphone, I just knew, I just knew this was where I was meant to be. And yeah. I felt so at home and I loved it. And then I got my reel done and started sending out, like most people just didn't get anything for ages, ages and ages. Um, but my first job was pretty hideous. <laughs> it was terrible. It was for the listening company and it was free. So it wasn't a paid job. It was a free job. And I think for most people, it probably would have been the end of their, the, the end. But I, I, I battled on <laughs> and it was to it was to narrate. Um, it was a GCSE book on Richard the Third. Yeah. And it was so hard. It was so hard. It was so bad because it was it was just a textbook. Right. So it was all the different, you know, that some bits were talking, some bits were written out. And I, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea. So. Wow. Yeah. That wasn't so it was fun. like an audiobook version of a textbook. Yeah. Wow. That's that's yeah. sort of throwing you in at the deep hardcore. end, really. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came out there and I was just, yeah, I was totally done in. But um, but it didn't put yeah. you off. It didn't. No, amazingly, <laughs> I um, I managed to bounce back from that. So, and, did that um, was that a launch pad for you into other projects? No, no, that was it for me. Right. There. <laughs> I think they were just like, no, thanks. But um, yeah, so um, cutting my teeth. Talk about yeah, that was that was tough. Um, and then I can't remember what the first one from after that, the next one after that was. I did a few, I did a lot of um, telephone on hold to begin with. Right. And probably the big, the big kind of um, job for me, my kind of biggest first job was the voice of Virgin Media. Oh yeah, cool. That's a great job. So that was, yeah, that was, that was quite exciting. And that came from, I saw an advert for a job where they were looking for Spanish speakers Mm. and um, I don't speak Spanish. (laughs) And so, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to send my stuff anyway. And I sent my stuff. I did say I don't speak Spanish. Um, And it just so happened that my reel landed on the desk the day they were casting for the voice of Virgin Media. Wow. And uh, they got me in and I booked it. And what's it been, about 15 years now? Um, And I was recording every week for 13 years. Oh, wow. That's an amazing gig. And how did you, how did you get that? Who did you send it to? It was um, it was a company uh, called SOH, which is based in Chiswick, which is mm. where I grew up actually, um, in West London, and um, yeah, it just it it just goes to show you know what you just got to send your stuff to production companies. You never know what they're going to be casting. Wow. Well, we'll be getting to that shortly. <laughs> so, Armin, what about your first gig? Well, um, I used to work for a publishing company before um, Bodalgo started. Mm. And in 2004, uh, a colleague of mine working for FHM, For Him magazine, it was Mm. a men's magazine that felt... It was very big in the UK. I remember it, still, Maybe it's even still there. And um, so they needed for the new version of their commercial um, a voiceover, a new voiceover, just a little... A few words changed. And... I said to this colleague, well, why don't you get me into the studio? You always compliment on my voice. So if it, it, if it, went, uh, if it goes bad, well, there's nothing you lost because I don't charge you anything anyway. Right. So, uh, and he said, well, yeah, let's give it a try. And the, the next day I, I went to the studio and there was the, the, the director there and 
uh, and he he said like after my first or second take he said well I can hear now that you're not a professional he knew before of course we, we told him but um, if you just follow my direction I'm sure we can do it yeah. and it took like like 20 minutes and and the thing was done and I, I, I remember when I drove there in my in my car I was always repeating like the punchline of, of the claim and it goes like this <laughs> FHM Männer sind so <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and I did that for like half an hour, all, right. all the ride in the car. I did all the time, FHM, Männer sind so, FHM, Männer. And it means like, men's are like that. FHM, men's are like that. Right, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. So, and when I had the gig booked, uh, or when I, when, I, when I finished with that, I thought, I was completely naive, I thought, Armin, you are voice of a talent now <laughs> and i i had my cd with my with, with my demo reel like with yeah. my one spot that i i had oh, right. and and i sent that out to all agencies i could find yeah and not one of them could be bothered to even reply right mm. and i was getting like like frustrated and i thought ah that, that's not gonna work and then i looked online if there would be like like other ways to to get jobs uh, as the voiceover professional that i felt i was <laughs> and um i found a website uh, a pay-to-play website and uh, i found somebody there that was german too um because it was a um, north american uh, website and i thought well mm. probably not so many german jobs there and uh, the guy said yeah um You you can uh, you you can join them. It's not many German jobs, so probably more more of the low paying stuff. But um, yeah. So but I I, I just well, I was desperate. I wanted to show my talent, of course. So uh, I joined up with with one of the websites and um and and I got my first gigs and and um I always thought, why why isn't there a website like that in Germany for German jobs? Yeah, mm -hmm. and then three years later, I started programming Bodelgo because there still hasn't hadn't been any uh, uh, German website, and I completely shot myself in the foot because <laughs> once I had the website done Bodelgo, I realized, hang on, okay, now that you have the website, it needs to be absolutely clear to you that you can never ever audition on your own website. How would that look like? Yeah, a conflict of interest. Yeah, <laughs> and I, uh, but I re I think I realized that um, once I had finished the website. But um, well, after all the hours, uh, yeah. But now, after ten years um, with Bodalgo, I hardly do any voiceover um, work um, anymore because I simply don't have the time to do so. Yeah, I should mm. imagine it's hugely time-consuming running that place. I mean, it's it's a fantastic site, and I would definitely recommend um, voice talent to you know of all the pay-to-plays, which we're not going to talk about any by name. <laughs> I'll happily recommend Bodalgo because it's a great site. And Thank you've you got too. a great reputa uh, reputation in the industry, so uh, yeah, well done on that. You're one of the good guys. Definitely, definitely. Thank you. So we're talking about um, finding our first job, and I've divided this into four areas. And let's kick off with the first, and that is marketing yourself. So what I mean by that is attracting clients to you. Um, and we will go into marketing in real detail on a future episode because it's a whole sort of can of worms in its own right. So we can just skip over the, the small details here. But what does marketing look like for the voice actor? And where do you even begin with branding yourself? I think I I love marketing. Mm. So um, if you want to have me back on the marketing one, I'll talk forever about marketing. And 
because for me it's really interesting I'm an actor um, and I went to to drama school I was performing arts and I remember thinking that people who did business it was really constricting and really serious and and so when I went you know threw myself into the voiceover world and set up my voiceover business I found it really scary and we people would talk about marketing and I was like I literally was uh, what are they talking about what 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 does that word even mean Mm. um and it was only by throwing myself into marketing and and learning about it and understanding about it and surrounding myself with other people who knew about marketing and could help me did I learn to understand that it's actually really fun yeah. and it's about being authentic it's about being true to who you are and sharing what you've got so your gift as a voiceover artist with the world because and I think this is where people go wrong it's not about you it's about them when you do marketing. So right. you've really got to get into that mindset. And there are people out there that need your voice for something right now. Right. And so when you're doing your marketing, you need to think like that. You need to think, okay, you are going to help somebody else out. So there's 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 a casting director out there right now who really needs your voice. They just don't know where to find you. Right. So that's kind of how I approach marketing. Right. The things the things the things I, I, I preach so to speak um, haven't been changed um, for for 10 years I studied media marketing um, in Munich now, media marketing is is marketing it's just that in with media you have two target groups the advertising client and the guys that buy your magazines or watch mm. your telly so but it's it's basically the same thing and what I preach for for 10 years is you have to understand that your voice is nothing but a product it's like a washing soap right. Or it's like dog food. It's, it's it's a product, and you have to 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 treat it like a product, and you have to market it like a product, because products are products, mm. and this is okay. This is your voice. This is you. Still, it's a product. Mm. And the most important thing you have to understand is that you need to sell your product, your voice, as a unique, relevant benefit to the guy you want to sell your voice mm. to. And, and the, the key words are unique, mm. so you have something nobody else has, yeah. and relevant. The guy that you want to sell your product, your voice to, um, well, it, it needs to be relevant to his business, to whatever he wants to do, to w- whatever he wants to achieve. And once you understood this basic formula, and I don't think it's rocket science, then you can build on that understanding. And then, of course, you, there comes the questions, okay, but where and how? Mm. And there are many things you could you could market your voice. Uh, you could do it through, of course, your own web page, and you do um, search engine optimization, maybe search engine marketing. Google AdWorks works wonderfully if you have the willpower and the yeah, um, dexterity <laughs> to, 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 to work you through because this is kind of rocket science, to be right. honest. Um, yes. Uh, but um, but um, but um, it 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 it's it's a fruitful um, fruitful work, or it can be. Uh, or you 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 create email campaigns. Uh, well, I'm not a fan of cold calling. One reason because it's not allowed in Germany. But I think oh. it's it's pretty annoying. I couldn't. I, I never did it, and I probably I, I think I could never do it. But you have you have many channels and. You try them, and the wonderful thing with online marketing, you see within the first day if something works or not. If your advertising on Google does not show results, like you have many clicks, but no no return on invest, 
pull the plug immediately because it will not change after day two, three or four. It, it will be a shitty campaign and you need to pull the plug or adjust it or try something else. And this is wonderful about all the on online marketing because you get the feedback very, very fast. Yeah. You can optimize very, very fast, but you need to have the, well, after the understanding of the basic principle, yeah, you, you need to be a busy bee. It's, it's a lot of learning, it's a lot of trying, but once you see things get better, you, you say, okay, I can even do better, and then it comes a real mission. And then, then you're in a good way. Well, it seems like, and it seems like this, the same case in a lot of areas of this industry, that a lot of it is trial and error to find out what you do differently, like you said, what makes you unique. And if you don't know, you just have to sort of sort of dig in and, and try and experiment with a few things to find out well, what, what works. Well, I think, well, I think that the issue is that people or many people that have no marketing background don't know that what they need in the first place is this relevant, unique mm. selling proposition that they need to build. Right. And if you don't know that, if you just build like, okay, I have a great studio or I have a great voice, well, that is not good enough because everybody claims to have a great studio and a great voice. Even I do. And so this is this, uh, you need to understand this, this really core concept of relevant, uh, unique uh, USP. And right. that is the, the most important thing you can work on. So, Rachel, how did you find that in yourself? How did you discover your USP? Um, I think trial and error. I think one of the biggest and the hardest things with marketing is just just taking that first step. Yeah. Um, because you can plan and you can kind of, you know, get everything in the background. But it's just taking that first step. And it's knowing that it, it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Um, and a lot of the times you're going to make mistakes. And um, I mean, I've I've had branding that now I look back on and oh, I mean, <laughs> you go oh. But at the time, it, it felt very very current and very right for me at that point. So um, yeah, I've been very kind of brash with my my branding. Um, and I I think it is very much about connecting with who you are as a person and mm. sharing that because with your branding you need to love it you need yeah. to be able to show people your website and feel really proud and you need to give your business cards away and think that's and look at the business card and think you know you love that which is why with branding it's very good to kind of connect i think your voice and your branding with something about you that you love you right. know whether it is that you know, you, you see great brands where people have connected with. Um, who I, Stefan Cornicard is is chocolate because he loves chocolate, so his his thing is chocolate. Um, <laughs> and there are there are other voiceover artists who you know. So it's just it's finding. So for me, it's it's the color yellow and sunflowers. Right. Um, so a casting director might be like, "Get me the chocolate guy," <laughs> and it just sticks in their brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. And it's just—it's a really good way for people to visualize, because um, we all have different ways of, of remembering things. But a lot of us have this kind of visual thing. So it's—it's—it's it's, it's connecting you with something that's easily identifiable. So how long did it take you to find that for yourself? Oh gosh. Well, I think it's—it's. It's, it's a fluid thing that changes because we mm. all change. So, um, because as I said, my branding, when I first started in the industry, actually, you know what? I'm just remembering I did have yellow right at the beginning. Right. How interesting. Yeah, because um, yeah, when I started voiceovers, 
you um you had to have a CD. So you would get your you would burn your CD and then you'd have to make like a CD pack. Right. Oh, we're so lucky now that we don't have to do that. Yeah. And I remember making such a mess of it and printing these, get, buying these packs to make CDs and printing them at home and printing them on the wrong side and then trying to stick the stickers on the yes. top and getting it wrong <laughs> and oh, and they were bright, they were bright yellow. I remember because I wanted to get people's attention. Yeah. Um, and they were expensive to send, so we don't have that anymore. You can just you know, connect on an email, put your link to your, your web page or your SoundCloud and, and you're away. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think branding is something that is, is a personality and it can change. So if you decide on a branding, don't worry, it's not, that it, it doesn't have to be like that for the rest of your life. You're not, right. you know, you're not stuck with that. You can change it. And I think it's 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 very very important to 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 know that it never ends. It never right. be the thing the, for the rest of your life. Mm. You change all the time because the world changes yeah. all the time. Yeah. And uh, and marketing is all about you did this. You had your strategy. You follow whatever you do your strategy. And once you're finished with it, you start right from the beginning because mm. things have changed and you need to adapt to those changes whether it's your, the style of the voice, like we have now for years, the conversational read, yeah. or um, if it's if it's the style of your website, we have now responsive design everywhere, mm. or if it's just the tonality, uh, it, it's many, many different things. And so it changes all the time, which makes it, uh, for me, I, I embrace the change because it's mm. wonderful. It never gets boring, yeah. uh, maybe annoying from at times, but <laughs> never boring. Mm. And so, yeah, this, this constant change and, and going going like in, in circles once you finish like it's it's like the the, the coach of the German football team uh, in 1954 when they won, when they won the world championship and he was asked um, like after a game that didn't went so well like oh, so how do you feel then after the game and he says I don't understand the question after the game is before the next game after the game is and, and yeah. after the Just marketing is before the marketing yes. in the next life cycle yeah. it's uh, really it goes on and on yeah and if that fills you with horror you can always hire someone to do all that kind of stuff if you've got the money so <laughs> if that seems yeah. like too much work but it's it, but it, it's all the little things in marketing so you know it's it's doing i i always say to people it's doing the little things every day right. that add up yeah. So, because I think with marketing, people can feel overwhelmed, especially when they're starting out and it's that big word. I remember that big word and thinking, what does it mean? Yeah. Um, it's just doing little things every day. So you can start off by, you know, having your Twitter account and tweeting, you know, social media is marketing. Mm. Um, and you can do a couple of emails a day, you know, and you can build up and build up, but just do a little bit every day is what I say. Right. Okay, so that is the marketing side and attracting clients to you. Um, well, I actually had a question here, but I reached out on social media before we had this interview here and asked if anyone had any questions. And some guy called Tim Tippett, friend of the show, um, oh. asked this question and he phrased it much better than I did. So okay. I'm just going to read his question instead. So he says, should new talent seek out jobs on Upwork, Fiverr, etc., to build a resume and or experience? And if not, why and what other paths should a newcomer take? And the second part of that question is, should they be hitting pay-to-play sites when first starting out? So this is uh, this is Armin territory. So why don't you uh, okay. <laughs> kick off? Okay, the first thing that I want to say is, 
why do newbies ask where I can get, can I get my headshot or where can I get my first job or where can I get uh, my first booking or my next booking? Shouldn't be the first question they ask, how can I be good? Mm. Yes. And this is where it all starts. Yeah. Mm. So this is where you start. And if you are good because you're professionally trained, you have a decent coach, you have great demos uh, and a decent coach will only let you produce demos if you are there. And then once you have all that set in place, then there is no need for you to go to, I promise not to say the F-bomb, <laughs> to go to Fiverr. <laughs> there is no need to yeah. go to Fiverr or any of those platforms. Uh, it's very difficult to, 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 to bootstrap yourself out of the swamp you got, got in right. once you sold yourself for $5. Yeah. And I think that's a no-brainer. It's very easy to understand. As to the follow-up question should they use p2p uh, uh, well i'm in the boat of pay-to-play websites uh, and of, of course i think i'm a firm believer that online casting is something that has established itself over the last at least uh, the last decade mm. we see more and more people using those services because they are very easy to use it makes life much easier for for the for the for the clients Uh, to some degree for the talents as well as I believe because uh, they get the jobs delivered to their doorstep. So, But there are pay-to-place and there are pay-to-place. Bodalgo, and I will only talk about Bodalgo, yeah. although I would like to talk about some of the others, but no, no, I, I promised. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's, I'm not going to slander anyone. Let's not go anyone. down that road. <laughs> yeah. so, not go there. Um, <laughs> now the, the, the important thing to understand is, unlike other websites, Bodalgo will not let anybody in. No matter what they write on their fancy landing pages, it's, it's all BS to me because mm. I see the talents that are there. And when, and, and when I click a demo and the demo starts like, Hello, <laughs> this is, uh, I, I'm about to throw, uh, chop my breakfast on the mirror. It's, um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's insane how, how they, they treat their clients and it's insane how they treat the talents. They, they, they exploit the vanity of people that cannot judge whether they're good or not. Right. And this is not what, well, I don't want to be, to be in, in, in that game. So Budalga only, uh, lets, um, people in that have a professionally trained voice. Okay, there could be some where I say, okay, you're not right there, but your voice is pretty unique. I don't have that many talents like of your area and you, you, you have a unique touch. Okay, let's, let's let him or her in. But um, if, if your demo um, is technically not up to scratch, there's no chance. And if you just, and you can hear within two seconds if somebody's an amateur or not. Yeah. Um, then, then, yeah, and they don't even get like um, a, a nice letter saying um, we're very sorry. Uh, unfortunately, you're, you're not just right there yet. I did that in the beginning, and this is when all the discussion started. Right. Uh, like everybody then, and and the worst that the so-called self-called talents are, the worse they are, the 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 harsher the the um, discussion yeah. uh, usually goes. And I then I, I, I stopped that and I said, okay, I'm not going to send out those letters. I just delete the profile, cross my fingers and pray they never come back to me again. Right. And it's a service really that you're providing to the talent because, you know, if you do let them on and they just 
frankly, publicly embarrass themselves, that's not going to be good for their own career anyway. Well, and, and well, okay, the embarrassment is the one thing, but but they it it it, it costs money yeah. them. Even if it's like only twenty five 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 euros a month that they would pay Bodolga, for example. Yeah. Um. But but still, it's 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 completely wasted yeah. because they would not stand a chance. And this is also why the audition quality of Bodolgo is much higher than with any of the other websites mm-hmm. because um, there are only vetted talents there. Uh, and you need to understand that even if you are like a professionally trained talent, you need to understand, okay, if I if I jump in that in in that in that sea, there 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 are big sharks there. Right. And Rachel, what's your take on the pay-to-play marketplace? So I think there are there are a number of reasons why you shouldn't why I think you shouldn't go on um Fiverr's um you know the the really lowball websites mm. to to start your career. Um one of them is that it's about confidence. You're starting a voiceover business. You need to respect your business. You need to respect your talent. And yeah. by kind of going, putting yourself in with the the kind of the bottom of the run, the Primark, the, you know, mm. the lowest of the low in the industry, it's very hard to then climb up. What you need yeah. to do as Armin said, is you need to get training, you need to surround yourself with people who are working, um, and you need to make sure that you're that you, that you're up to up to standard before you then go out and start working. Yeah. Um, and then my recommendation is not to go to Fiverr, is to start work, look into working in areas like telephone on hold, mm. um, you know, contact production companies, Build your contact list. You are a business. You really need to kind of think you're a business. You've got to put a business hat on. You need to go and find your clients and sit on Google and search, you know, local production companies and contact them. And you might find that there are a couple of local production companies. You could call them up. Or not in Germany, because that's not that's not what you do in Germany. <laughs> but um, or email them and um, and connect with them and say, look, you know, you're starting out. You're a voiceover artist. You would, you, you know, is there anything that they've got that you can do? As opposed to if you, you know, as soon as you end up putting yourself on Fiverr, there are casting directors, agents, and producers who look at those websites, and they won't ever use you. Right. So it's really tricky. And I do know it is that chicken and egg thing because, you know, you need the work, you need the experience to get the work, you Mm. know, so it is tricky, but it really isn't a good idea. Is there something to be said going on from what you just finished up with there, you know, playing devil's advocate that there's something to be said for, you know, being paid to practice, essentially? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you can also practice at home. You mm. can be you can be recording stuff at home. You can you can get scripts. You can listen to TV stuff, um, take down adverts, or get a book. Do yeah. your own record an audio book at home. You've got to just practice, 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 um, so that you feel confident. And it really is. It's such a confidence is such a massive part of the success yeah. of a voiceover artist. Absolutely. And if you yeah. If you wreck your confidence early on by accepting low-paid work, it's very difficult to then climb the ladder and get the good-paying work because there is great-paying work in this industry. But yeah. you just you yeah you don't want to. There's a long way to go if you start with five pounds. Right, <laughs> Armin. What what is the percentage of people that you accept onto Badalgo? Would you say it was? Um 
very much uh, smaller in the beginning um, because people tend to understand meanwhile that Bodalgos are no go for them if they're not trained. So they seem to have gotten the message. Right. But um, to give you a ballpark number, um, Bodalgo had about uh, uh, 32,000, uh, around about 32,000 applications in the last 10 years mm. for voiceover talents. And within the roster, there are about 6,600. Right. So um, that makes it, uh, I don't know, 16% or something like that. Right. Okay. Well, that's, that's, you know, it's a fairly healthy number of people still on your roster, but, you know, there's a lot of people applying for that. So you've got to be, you know, at the level. Yeah. Well, com compared, to, compared to others, uh, Bodalgo is tiny, tiny, tiny. I know yeah. of a website which name, of course, we don't uh, <laughs> say. They claim to have 200,000 talents. Yes. 200? So wow. That's gone up. I thought it was 125,000. 200,000. Wow. Yeah. Well, see. And um, no, but uh, it, it's, 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 it's just not. It's just not the quantity. It's really the quality, and yeah. the quality only uh, matters. Uh, it's the only thing that matters to me. Imagine, let's say, let's say, um, any talent could could actually book a job, and I should not care about the quality too much. But what about the client that ends up with dozens and dozens yeah. of horrible auditions, where they just like shaking their head uh, and, 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 and think, where am I? This is, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. This client will never, ever come back to Budalgo and book. Right. I, I don't, well, at least that's, that's how I feel. Mm. I don't know why they still book with the others mm, because yeah. they have cringe-worthy uh, um, auditions uh, at times. But, uh, well, um, I think time plays for me. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And I, and I think there's probably just a numbers game. It depends where you're making your money from a pay-to-play standpoint, I suppose, whether that's in membership fees from talent or percentage of jobs or getting money from clients. You know, I think it's probably clear where some pay-to-play sites earn their money, you know. Um, so now I want to move on to the third area, and that is getting an agent and representation. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a can of worms in its own right but when you're starting out is it even likely that you're going to be signed by an agency no <laughs> i'm afraid <laughs> no yeah. but it it you know it's okay to try but mm. um it, you know i i came into the industry 16 years ago and there were a lot less people then mm. and i struggled to get an agent and even when i was when i was the voice of virgin media i struggled to get an agent it yeah. took me years and years um, it's not necessary. You don't have to have an agent. Agents, I think, are a very important part of the industry and I have a lot of respect for agents. Um, and I'm very lucky because I've got, you know, two fantastic agents um, here in the UK and in the US. Mm. Um, but it's not necessary. You don't have to have an agent. You're better off spending your time and energy getting clients and getting, you know, getting the experience up and getting some some regular clients so that you can then go to the agent and say look i am the voice of bmw i do all their telephone on hold stuff yeah you know or i'm you know whatever it is so that you can then go to them and, and they because there's so much trust that an agent has to put in a voiceover artist when they right. sign them it's a massive amount of trust because when you go into the studio you're you're not just representing you you're representing the reputation of the agent. So they have to yeah. massively trust you. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I, I 
especially when you're starting out, I wouldn't spend too much time and energy worrying about getting an agent. Right. I, I completely agree. And also, I think it it shouldn't shouldn't worry a, a a a new talent too much like finding finding an agent uh, and and maybe some of your listeners now will think yeah come on guys but this is the the cat mouse problem or, or uh, hen and egg problem if i don't have an ad, uh, an agent i can't find jobs and if i can't <laughs> find jobs i can't find an a agent but i think that is not true in the very beginning you need to be extremely passionate about what you're doing and you self need to find your jobs yeah. uh, on the things we already said like you uh, Rachel is absolutely right when she says yeah like go to the production companies uh, uh, surrounding you um, do the online stuff email marketing cold calling whatever is is your cup of tea mm. um, and then when you built up this reputation for yourself a little bit like where you are the voice And it could be as easy as 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 a yeah, the telephone, the IVR voice of, of a company, or you did some some spots, uh, some commercials, and then the, the the agencies. Okay, this guy has earned some credibility. Mm. I like his voice. I like what he does. Um, I need somebody like him or her in my roster, uh, and then they give it a try. They will hardly do that if you're completely unknown. And I can only speak for the German market, where I see on the on the agents' websites. So many times that they say, um, if you are a voice talent, don't b bother to send us any, any demos. At the moment, we are not hiring or right. we are not taking any anybody new on board. And I read it all the time. Mm. Um, so unless you're really, really great at what you're doing, um, yeah, w spend your time doing uh, do, and do something else. And like you were talking about earlier, you have to develop your unique skill set to offer something that isn't on their roster currently you know they're yeah. not going to hire someone that sound alike to someone they already have on their book yeah books. and that's it i mean there are so many people in the industry now that it mm. you know but there are no there are more and more agents popping up so um right. it's definitely a healthy industry um i i would say in terms of getting an agent so for those who are listening who have been in the industry for a bit and are still trying to get an agent My number one way that I think is absolutely key to get an agent is networking. Right. Really? Really? That's it's, interesting. It's it's about networking. It's about meeting people. It's about going to events, um, finding those agents, doing your research, finding them on Twitter, um, following them, retweeting their stuff, talking to them and, and creating a relationship because it is a business relationship when you get an agent. So you're saying actually meeting agents at events and things like that themselves, yeah. and that's that's effective? Yes, yes. Oh. And also meeting other voiceover artists who have got agents. Right. Um, because it's, it's, I mean, having a referral from a voiceover talent who's got an agent on to their agent is, is massive. It's right. so much um, better than just sending a cold email. And especially in a voiceover community like the English and Amer or like the English community, meaning UK and the US mm. or North America, where the people are so open about uh, giving giving recommendations yes. uh, and tips how, about your career, yeah. which is completely different in Germany. I always feel where it's like um, the people are so afraid that they will lose a client to any of their colleagues. Oh, really? Uh, The, the, I, I think it's a very, very, very different uh, picture. 
a very different mm-hmm. picture. It's, it's sad to say so, but um, this is how I feel about about the voiceover uh, industry in, in or the voiceover talent in Germany. Oh. It's much more a competitive uh, thing. But um, in for for English talents, uh, UK, US, Canada. Um, Australia and all and all the other English speaking <laughs> parts of the world. Yeah, go to a conference, go to I don't know, Vio Atlanta, go to Vovocon, go there there are lots of really great uh, opportunities and those um, 400 500 bucks uh, you spend to go there. Mm. I think this is money very very well spent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You get your money back 10 times over. And listen to the previous episode to find out tips on networking. Just throwing ah, that out there. Nice. Ah. <laughs> but and also above and beyond in the UK, and we've got yeah. get your game on. In fact, the Voiceover Network has a ton of stuff happening. So, when's your next uh, event happening, Rachel? Our next event is on the seventeenth of November, and we have Dave Fenoy coming over. So we're flying Dave oh, cool. Fenoy over from LA. It'll be the fourth time we've done it. It's uh, he's an absolute hit with the Voiceover Network and yeah. and the UK. We love him. So he'll come over and we'll have an event on the Friday night. It's at Century Members Club, which is an exclusive members club in central London. We'll be talking about video games, and he's going to do a talk about how to nail the video game audition. Um, and then he's doing a workshop for, on the Saturday and Sunday. Um, so, yes. And then we've got oh. a Christmas party on the 8th of December in oh, London. Cool. So, um, yes. And, and anybody's welcome. Armin, you should come. Jamie, you should yeah, come. Yes, as, as Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can like Skype in or something. Come to London. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So the final, final main area that I want to cover is, uh, and we've sort of touched on it previously in this discussion, is reaching out to clients directly and the dreaded cold calling, which oh, I didn't realize was, was not allowed in Germany. Um, but I'd happily move to Germany because I can't stand cold calling. and I've never actually done it. So... Um, <laughs> Well, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't mean that the people don't still do it, oh, right, but yeah. it's, it, in theory, it's not allowed. Wow. So, um, Rachel, do you do, have have you done cold calling in your career? Is that something, is that part of your uh, plan? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think, um, I think it's, it's a good thing to do. I think it, it depends on who you are. And mm. um, for some people, it's absolutely terrifying. For some people, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I would say give it a go because you never know. I mean, the thing about cold calling, you want to, it's better not to cold call. So it's better to call after you sent an email. So right. find out some details about them, follow them on social media. So when you find, let's say, you find a production company that you want to work for, find, get their website, find them on social media, follow them on Twitter, find them on Facebook, find out some information about them, send them an email. Send them your details on an email. And then I would say after that, you can call them. It's like a lukewarm call. Yeah, yeah. I think it's better to do it that way as opposed to. But I mean, there are a lot of production companies who they would happily take your call and say, yeah, sure, I'll I'll use you because they they need talent. They need voiceover artists. And it's especially the kind of smaller ones that are local to you guys, you know, the local production companies who are doing the um, the corporate videos and the website videos and the telephone on hold stuff and all of that. They need mm. new talent all the time. So give them a call or email them. <laughs> yeah, so the, there is, I mean, I, I feel like there's slightly, there's more, there's a difference between cold calling someone and cold emailing because 
Call, a call is quite an intrusive thing, but an email you can sort of get to at any point. I feel more comfortable sending an email than giving someone a call, but I can definitely see that yeah. production companies, ad agencies and stuff, they're, they're used to that. They're used to receiving calls from, from talent. But yeah. maybe not, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, companies directly, like the end, you know, the, the person who's actually no, would be hiring no, I you. Wouldn't, I wouldn't call them directly. But in no. terms of, um, yeah, I mean, just picking up the phone and... They yeah they they're happy to receive your call just yeah not to worry too much about it. I think a, a call probably has of course much more impact than than an email mm. and also an email well it's it's only hitting backspace once and the email is gone. Right. Um, the the callee can't do that with a caller that easy. So and if you are great uh, on on the phone uh, and and you have those quality of a, of a salesman then. If, Give it a go and, and, and try it. It was just never for me. Um, I, I always used the, the, the social media networks like like mm. uh, Crossing or, well, mainly Crossing because I never liked LinkedIn that much. But I know it's a big thing, but mm. I mm. just didn't didn't really like it that much. And um, and that kind of worked. But that was not for my own voiceover career. It was like getting clients on board for Budalgo. Mm. Right. And, and I mean, the thing about email as well, email's great, but it's cu- it, it's gone and I don't know about you guys, but my inbox is a scary place. <laughs> it really is. It is a scary place. Yeah, so, you leave it um, a few hours. <laughs> yeah, it just... So the chance of somebody opening your email and reading it is not as high as it used to be. So that's why, you know, you just need to be a bit more creative. And if they don't get back to you, don't worry. Don't think, oh, gosh, they don't like me. Sometimes... I've had jobs, you know, years later from somebody I emailed, they didn't get back to me, they didn't respond at all. And then they've called me up and said, I'd like to book you for something. You sent me an email three or four years ago? Yeah. And and they book you for work. So you need to, I quite like, it's like um, planting seeds. When you're when you're contacting people and doing your marketing, yeah. you're just planting seeds, and when you're 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 following up with them, it's kind of cultivating those those relationships, those seeds. Um, e- email is good because it's searchable as well. You can always go, oh, yeah, have I contacted yeah. them in the past? What did I say? Blah blah blah, things like that. It's a yeah. record of everything. Um, great. Um, this is a, a question I was going to. I was going to put it into one of the main headings here and make it a sort of fifth main subject. But as we're dealing with people starting out in their career, I want to sort of tack this on at the end. And that is networking and forming relationships with other talent and getting recommendations. Um, now, to, for that to be effective, you have to sort of have a proven reputation yourself. So it's not necessarily something beginners can utilize. But um, how important is that in your career in general as a voice talent? It's absolutely essential. Mm. Networking is like, it's the most, I think it's one of the most, obviously your talent and being good is is the most important thing. But networking <laughs> and and surrounding yourself with other voiceover artists who are, who are doing stuff and who are smashing it in the voiceover world is absolutely key. Because mm. it is, it is very much about who you surround yourself with. Right. If you surround yourself with people who say it can't be done, you'll never get it done. If you surround yourself with people who say it can be done and you're going to do it, you will do it. It's right. that simple. It's really yeah. um and so it's it's absolutely no matter you know if you are just starting, maybe if you haven't even started yet, you're just thinking about it. Go to an event meet some voiceover artists, see if this is your tribe. Is it your tribe? Do you feel comfortable 
um, are these your people? And then, yes, surround yourself, network, make friends, because it's, you know, you, you have ups and downs in this industry. Sometimes, you know, you're smashing it and sometimes it's just not happening. And right. you want to surround yourself with other voiceover talent who are going to help you out in those moments. So it sounds like it's slightly different in Germany than Armin. Well, first of all, we don't have any uh, voiceover events in in Germany. Not that well, I know we'll of. Well, we'll have to come and do them then. Yeah, we? yeah. Well, no, no. It's not. It's not that easy. Uh, like for example, so we have this voiceover unions, if you if you want to use that tag, and they're like 300 people, and they have a, a meeting once a year, and hardly anybody shows up. <laughs> and this gives you kind of an impression how how this 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 works. Now there has not been, I think, um, a serious approach of making a like a real convention where people meet and where they network and where they learn a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, you you indicated um, a, a little bit that like if a new like a new new challenge um, trying to get advice from from uh, more vetted talents mm-hmm. that that could create problems. I don't think that is the case at all yeah. with the with the American market or the UK market. Yeah. I have never seen any 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 more welcoming group of people yeah. than at the conventions in 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 Las Vegas or in Atlanta or um, you name it. And London. no matter how how new you are to the business, as long as people see okay, he or she is serious about what 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 she or he is doing, mm. they're more than more than happy to 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 tell you anything you you want to know. Right. Well, they probably don't give. You their client list, which is which I can understand. But apart from that, if it comes to how get the best sound of my microphone, which microphone to buy, which headphones, how do I build a booth? Um, there, there's there's so many people that can help you out there, and um, yeah, and, and they're all like outgoing people. Uh, you hardly find like introverts among voiceover talents, which is yes. a good thing because they're talking all the time. They just can't shut their mouth, which is really <laughs> great because they tell you anything you like. No, um, just but seriously, no, and they'll it's, sell it's, you everything. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So um, the voiceover network. One of the big things that I'm really proud of and that I have really kind of championed is that everybody's welcome at the voiceover network. Um, So experienced, you know, really experienced professionals hang out with people who've just started in the industry because I think we can all learn from each other. And and that happens in our workshops as well. And I know that some some voiceover artists are like, no, but I only want to work with, you know, I only want to train with with really experienced professionals. And I get that. Mm. But... I learn a huge amount from somebody who's just started in the industry. When I when I'm in a in a in a workshop with them, it's amazing how much you can learn from somebody just starting out in the industry because they have so much to bring to the table and and the other thing is that you know from from an experienced voiceover artist point of view, there are a lot of new talent in this industry who've come into the industry from production from being a producer, from being right. a casting director, and they've gone, oh, I fancy a bit of that now. Um, so they're great. They've got amazing contacts. So, And you find great coaches and you yeah. find great demo producers. You find great tech guys that can vet your studio. You, you have all the guys there mm. yeah. when you go to one of those conventions yeah. uh, or meetups or, or, or Rachel's uh, event that she has. Yes. So yeah, it's it's really a, it's a good thing. People shouldn't be shy. I think if they are shy, they shouldn't be doing the job in the first. Place. But, but that's something <laughs> different. Um, so no, I, I really can only tell those people. Yeah, um, if if you're thinking about doing something like that, uh, going out to an event, 
definitely do it. You will not regret it. That's for sure. And can I just give my my super tip for networking? Yeah, go ahead. Um, it's not about you. It's about them. Right. So yeah. when you go to a networking event or a conference, you want to go into that conference thinking, how can I help somebody today? Who can I help? Right. You yeah. want to go in there with your mission is to help them. It's not about you getting work. It's not about you getting contacts. It's about you going into that conference, into that room, into that situation and saying, right, who in here can I help? Mm. And that changes everything and it takes so much pressure off you. And as and as soon as you're helping other people, it will come back. It will. It comes back oh, in, in, in floods and droves. But um, go to a networking event thinking, I want to go here and I want to help someone else so there we go that's my tip well i i feel everything's screaming at me to end this on this final question because it's so positive and wonderful but i do have a slightly miserable question to end oh, on but no. i want i want to get to it i want to get to it anyway it's not okay. really miserable um my final question is should you work for free or under market value just to get your foot in the door somewhere easy no let's finish this podcast okay. <laughs> No, there's uh, seriously, okay. there's only one thing that I could think of now on top of my head where you would say, no, I don't charge you anything. And this is for any social, um, like, uh, what do you call those? Um, like non-profit organization, oh, something right. like that. Like a charity. There, there you could, and if it, if it filled your boots, uh, then you, you, you can do that. You would never, ever do any, with the slightest sense of commercial work, you would never, ever, ever do that. Mm. Right. So I think um, if you're going to work for companies like The Listening Company, which was my first job, which I didn't get paid for. Um, so, yeah, something, you know, there's uh, there's Learning Ally. Learning Ally? Yes, in the US. Um, so they do, they record books for charity and it's for um, kids with learning disabilities right. and blind children and stuff. Um, they do, you do that for free. Mm. And that. I think is a good way to cut your teeth because yeah, you're doing you're doing a charity thing. You're doing something where you're helping kids, and it's wonderful. And even professionals don't get paid, so that's a really good way if you want to do free stuff. Mm. Um, if yet, yeah, don't do commercials or anything like that for free. And and yeah, doing things like telephone on hold work is a really good way to start but you need to be paid and, yeah. and again it's that thing get the training get the training get everything set up so that you're ready because you're a business um just like any other business just like an accountant just like a, a you know a painter and decorator just like a photographer you need to get your ducks in a row you need mm. to feel confident to go out there and provide a service and you just yeah just be very very wary about anybody who who says do something for free right that's great advice um before we end armin i just want to tell you that i have my favorite word in the entire world is german Ooh. and yeah. it's oh god it's sitzen geblieben which <laughs> is like the most you know fun what word it means. yeah like to be kept back a year at school or something like that is that right yes exactly right. when you when you can't go to the next class <laughs> or like not like the next year to the next thing uh, because your marks are so bad right. and you yeah sitzen geblieben uh, i have a final question <laughs> yeah, yeah now as we as we recorded this whole podcast on bodalgo call how was the overall sound quality to you it was very good fantastic I'm very, very impressed, Armin. Yeah, 
Wonderful. That's three persons in one Bodalgo call for more than an hour, almost close to an hour, I think. Yeah. So, much. yeah, I'm happy then as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I should say that pretty much every episode we record of this, uh, we record over Bodalgo because you don't, if because I've got a Bodalgo account and everyone just connects onto my uh, room. And you don't yeah, but you know that you even you don't even need one to use Bodalgo Call. You don't even need to be registered with a website. You just use it. Yeah, that's mm. it. So I just give everyone else my address, and they can just join in. And yeah, yeah, it works Brilliant. beautifully. I just felt I need to say that. Yeah, no, I, I think get a bit of marketing in there. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and also, I just wanted to say, if anybody um, is listening and they would like to come and join the Voiceover Network. The website is www.thevoiceovernetwork.co.uk. And um, if uh, I've got a special coupon code for all you VO school people out there. Um, the coupon code is it all in capitals and it's VO school 17. So you can use that coupon code and it will remove the joining fee and reduce the monthly fee or yearly fee to be a member by 20%. So there we go. Wow. I'm happy to bring in lots and lots of people because the yeah. voiceover network, the bigger it gets, the more the more we can do. So so the voiceover network is about helping, supporting and strengthening the voiceover industry. So with training, workshops and the Buzz magazine as well, which is the only magazine in the world dedicated to the voiceover industry. So cool. um, and and there is a feature of me in the next issue. Absolutely. There we go. So Armin's actually in the next feature. Jamie, we need to get you involved. Oh, okay. um, so but yes, the Buzz magazine is a quarterly magazine it's a print magazine yeah. and you get that when you become a member so um, that's one of the many benefits that along with the discounts and the amazing community and wonderful opportunities so there we go brilliant well thanks thanks both of you and um, I'm sure everyone's going to check all that stuff out yeah well thank you so much Jamie for having us thank you Jamie for, for having me it was a pleasure and uh, lots of greetings to all your listeners out there and I hope you enjoyed the show. Yes, definitely, definitely. Thank you. Didn't I tell you this was a good interview? Thank you so much to Rachel and Armin for coming on and sharing their extensive knowledge from a European perspective. And uh, I'm based in the US and everything they said applies here too. So wherever you are, Europe, US, Asia, Middle East, wherever, um, a lot of this really does apply to you too, particularly if you want to work in the European or US markets, even if you're not based there. So I hope that was helpful. Thank you to everyone that has liked and shared and reviewed the podcast. And please continue to do so because it's so crucial in us getting our name out there and the word out about this podcast and the further it spreads the more I'm going to continue to do it so uh, thank you so much for that and your continued support next week I'm hoping we're going to be doing our business episode and I've got a couple of people lined up and hopefully we can get that recorded shortly so join me next week when we talk about that and thank you so much for listening I'll speak to you next time bye Thank you to this week's guests, Rachel Naylor and Armin Hirschstetter. Thanks also to Backstage Magazine and J. Michael Collins. Join us next week for another class. <laughs>